What is happening, guys? Welcome to episode nine of the Triage Method podcast. And it's been two weeks because last week we missed a podcast in before. No, Gary, Gary, in before. Gary, why, did, Gary. Why, did we, why did we miss a podcast? Because I was away in Rome enjoying time with my girlfriend because I actually have a life. Anyway. <laughs> and you couldn't prioritize it before that? Oh, disgusting. No, because, You're letting, because, our, letting because, our triage following down. Anyway, look, it's irrelevant. You fucked up. I fucked up, but I didn't want to bring this big fat microphone to Rome. Anyway. It's cool. As we were going to say, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about setting up a fat loss diet. Okay. Not just like eat this, eat that. Here's how to calculate your calories. We've been there. We've done that. What we want to do now is talk a little bit about, right, how much of a deficit should you be in? When do you make changes? How much progress should you be expecting to make? All that sort of stuff. So the actual kind of trajectory of the fat loss journey. So not just the initial setup, but where do we go from there? Do we do more cardio? Do we eat less calories? Whatever it is. So that's our starting point. So if we think about the start of a fat loss diet, Patty, what is the first thing you are kind of thinking about? Like, what is your number one thing that you're going to start with? Well, you just said we're not talking about calories. So oh, that's where I would start. Like, I, li- <laughs> I literally just said we were going to talk about how much of a calorie deficit one would be in. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's obviously the first thing. Like, you actually have to know what, where you are currently. Because a lot of people go into a dieting phase, like, out the blocks think oh i have to eat this much but they have no idea how much they are currently eating so like you almost need to prep to diet in terms of like you have to get like find where you are find what kind of calories is your maintenance level and before you can actually decide like oh how how do like what what calorie level should i be at like how much should i be eating to actually lose fat but that's kind of we've talked about that before you know finding like how many calories you should be eating, finding maintenance. I think we have talked about it on the podcast. I don't know, man. You keep track of that we stuff. Have. I just, I just sure babble. I just babble. <laughs> anyway, so assuming you have a good general idea of I need to eat this many calories to, you know, kind of maintain my weight, or I have been eating this many calories and I have been slowly gaining weight at this kind of rate. Like you can have a fair idea of where your calories are at to kind of fucking keep your, your body weight the same. And then if you know where that is, starting out from there, oh, like I, I generally, I like to make th- make sure everything is kind of squared away to start with in terms of I'm actively tracking steps, you know, or neat in some way. Steps is probably the easiest. Um, I'm actively accounting for any cardio that I'm doing. If it's, you're, you're just looking for, you know, you're doing like cardio for heart adaptations or cardiovascular adaptations or whatever it is. If you are doing that, accounting for how many calories you are actually burning in that session. Um and then I would look to reducing the calories. But like generally, I kind of like to have all of the other stuff squared away. Like you're kind of controlling variables. Like you're not going like, oh, I do cardio and you're doing, say, hit training. And because you're in this calorie surplus now, you're going balls to the wall. You're, you're a great output. And then if we were just to start dropping calories, like your energy levels go down and it's like, okay, cool. You were burning whatever 300 calories in those hit training sessions but because you were never tracking it and you were never quantifying anything about it like that's gone down to 200 calories now because you're just not able to push as hard so like i I like to know where if we're going to keep those different variables in i like to know where they are at but 
if we're accounted for all of those kind of stuff, then I go maybe a 200, 300 calorie deficit. Like some people like to go by percentages. I kind of just ballpark 200 kind of works for the majority of people. And then I like to see how we move that first week. Cause that first week, week to two weeks is kind of still feeling out the body. You know, some people adapt really, really quickly to a calorie deficit and it's like, boom, okay, we dropped your calories and like, nothing happened you know like and you're like okay well like what something obviously did happen and you look at like say your your non-exercise activity thermogenesis your steps and stuff and they actually just reduced and some people will adapt really really quickly and like you know the first week it's like oh i was doing fifteen thousand steps every day and then by the end of the week it's like oh i'm doing eight thousand and you're like jesus like that's fucking that's a lot of a discrepancy like you're, you're nearly half what you were doing so that's why I like to kind of standardize those things at the start. But yeah, kind of straight out the block. If I, if someone came up to me like, how much of a calorie deficit should I be into, you know, sustainably lose fat? I want to be shredded for summer, but, you know, I want to maybe possibly put on some muscle in the between time. I'm just going to go, okay, cool. 200 calorie deficit from your maintenance level here. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that as a, as a, a nice ballpark range. Like you can make the argument for more aggressive calorie deficits for some people and stuff. But I guess we're assuming that you listening to this, you maybe struggle with here adherence every now and then you want to actually fuel your training. Um, to, so you actually perform well, maintain, or even gain muscle mass, gain strength. And also that you are working a job that you probably need to be fed for and have energy for and things like that. So aggressive lighting, we're assuming is not for you. Maybe we can discuss that at another point on the podcast, but on that 200 to 300 calorie deficit thing as well, I also think it's important to remember that a 200 calorie deficit for someone who is maintaining at maybe 1800 calories is much more significant than someone who is maintaining at 4000 calories, which isn't unheard of at all, especially at the end of a gaining phase where someone has really like increased their output and everything. So in that context, maybe I would be kind of nearing up towards that, that nice 500 calorie deficit, maybe even a bit more at times. But if we're assuming someone has a decent amount of fat to lose over a 12 plus week period, then we're probably going to start off with that 200, 300 calorie range and then move from there. Is that fair enough? Yeah, no, that's generally where I would start anyway. And then like, as I said, like that first week is just kind of put the feelers out, see where we're at. And as you said, like some, some people are coming to it with obviously huge discrepancy in where their calories are at, even for the same kind of weight level and age and you know training uh they'd be like oh well i'm maintaining my body weight on 2500 and someone else comes to you and they're like yeah i'm maintaining on 3200 and obviously it's the different activity level trick the whole day and you know even down to like different like hormone levels even though like whatever that actually plays into it is you know to be debated um but they are obviously two different individuals. So you have to kind of go, okay, well, how is the 200 calorie, two, 300 calorie deficit going to affect person A versus person B? And that's what that first week is kind of about. Week to two weeks where you're kind of just feeling things out, getting to know how your body is responding to that kind of calorie drop and say, okay, look, you're actually just dropping fat. You're just dropping fat like it's just flying off you, you know? So we could actually be less aggressive with this. Whereas the other person, you're like, okay, it, that didn't even put a dent in you you know we actually need to be a bit more aggressive to kind of see something you know moving and um, so i just like to start off with that rather than going like oh well this is theoretically what we're going to lose over the period and it's like oh like this like it's i want to see the real world like yeah i could go on that and like generally if you kind of average it out like a, a kilo of body fat 
although you would think it's maybe 9,000 calories because, you know, uh, one gram is equal to nine uh, calories uh, of fat even. One gram of fat is equal to nine calories. And you think like, okay, so a kilo of fat is obviously, you know, 9,000 calories. It's not really the way it works out in the human body. So it's kind of more around that kind of 7,000 range, you know, 7,500 maybe, you know, so that that kind of range. So like we, we, you can work, you can reverse engineer and go, if we are in this much of a deficit every day, uh, this is how much we should lose over whatever period of time you want to select, you know? So like you, you can go down that and go, oh, this is where I'll be in exactly six weeks. But like that never plays out in the real world, you know? Yeah. Like I, I always think of like, uh, like Dorian Yates, he used to be like, oh, having these night, well, essentially wearing nightmares. He was like, you know, in the middle of the night when he was getting close to competition, he was like, oh, waking up in a sweat going, oh man, thinking he had eat, gone down to the fridge and eaten a load of sausages and <laughs> all this kind of stuff you know like so like little fuck-ups can happen and like he was he was thinking he did that in his sleep and fucked up and like who, like who the fuck knows maybe you are a sleep eater you don't even know again we're just going to feel it out and see how your body is actually responding and what's actually moving with the body yeah so then when we think about all right we have a calorie deficit so whatever number it is regardless of what it is we have to think about where we're actually getting that from then um so a lot of people you know will say that they want to cut their carbs right away. Other people will cut their fat right away. Some people might even cut protein. I don't know, maybe a combination of all three. But I guess from my own perspective, what I would generally prioritize when reducing a macronutrient to attain a deficit, it would probably be fat first, especially if we've been in a bit of a gaining phase and maybe fats are up around that one gram per kilogram or above that, then I'm happy to kind of bring that down a little bit just because by keeping carbohydrates a little bit higher, we tend to preserve training performance a little bit more. And it kind of makes for a more enjoyable diet overall, since people generally enjoy those foods and they tend to be a bit more filling. Um, but I suppose at the same time, it's also important to not take that to the extreme because I see a lot of people trying to do this where they're eating like 50 grams of fat and like, 500 grams of carbs and it's like that makes no sense like and that's when you see people start to eat just like children like eating a lot of sweets and crackers and stuff like all these really really low fat foods just for the sake of getting carbohydrates in and i think it's important to keep that in mind that you want to have a macronutrient split that's actually appropriate to eating nutrient-dense whole foods that you're used to having in your diet as well so keeping that kind of food focus what would your thoughts be on that well, but even before this conversation, I know you are already putting it in this lens, but before you even look at the, the macronutrient breakdown, like I actually just go, what is the, the quality, shall we say, of the food sources that we're eating? And obviously that does play into like the macronutrient ratios. We do go down, what kind of road we go down with that. But I think a lot of people just go like calories are clearly the most important. Like there's simply no denying that thermodynamics is what's dictating body fat gain or body fat loss. You know, obviously the it's not a closed system in terms of this is not just a vacuum. Yeah. Like a human is a human and there are many inputs and outputs going into that system. You know, and obviously the big major players that everyone kind of thinks of are like, you know, hormones and stuff. Cause you obviously see like bodybuilders taking exogenous, um, testosterone or growth hormone and stuff and they're getting like massive so you're like oh well obviously that plays a huge role like what role it plays into you know a, a natty uh human you know it, it is different but it obviously does play a role so we're not a closed system but at the end of the day thermodynamics cannot be like you're not some special snowflake that can just magic up and just break the second law of thermodynamics like it's just not happening you know um 
So calories are clearly the most important. But after that, I kind of put that kind of food quality. Like I would rather see someone eating a macronutrient split that was almost inappropriate for their diet, but their diet was composed of, you know, nutrient dense food. Now, obviously in an ideal world, we'll have everything fucking locked down. But what I'm saying is, you know, if I was talking to, you know, my fucking granny or my mother or something, and I was like, oh, well, like what is uh, the, the, the calorie level or sorry, what is the kind of diet that I should be looking towards? I'd be like, okay, cool. We need to kind of control for calories. And then I just want you to eat like an adult, eat real food. You know, like I want you to, pick it from different kind of things like think of like what what would humans have eaten 100 years ago you know actual meat veg you know starchy carbohydrates in certain quantities you know they wouldn't be having it like in every single meal or in huge portions of it and stuff but i would be having some of it you know so um that's that's kind of what i would be looking at with the first thing once you've set calories i'd be going okay calories are clearly the the are you having a party over there gary yeah <laughs> my sister is that is that rachel is that rachel mcgowan it is and all of her friends uh, go, go out and fight them will you I fucking will go on anyway <laughs> anyway yeah so once you've got that kind of the the calories and then you know the food quality aspect of things set down then i kind of look into the different macronutrient ratios and um, but even still like everyone's going to go like i know everyone listening to this goes like well, well what what is you know healthy food what is good food like give me a definition what's clean food and like it, it's a bit of an asinine argument because like, i'm not actually defining clean food like i'm not ac- asking you to get like fucking uh i don't know all and spray your food, food and go oh it's clean food now like that's not what i'm asking but what i'm saying is just eat the majority of your food as nutrient dense whole food like if it didn't wasn't alive at some stage you know and it hasn't been highly processed by human intervention then it's probably good you know that's obviously just very you know wishy-washy in terms of i'm sure you could think of 20 examples right off the top of your head that you know would be classified as good food, but don't fit in that category. Like I always think of the ones like the stupid things that people have these these arguments around. Like, is popcorn good? Oh, uh, like it, it, is it because it's processed? It's like, well, fucking like it's literally probably it's not. It's clearly not corn, but it's not this highly processed, refined, you know, sugar type thing or whatever. You know, so like it does fall in that kind of like, is it good or bad? And I don't fucking care what you eat yeah. as long as the majority, of, the majority of your diet is, you know, that kind of meats and vegetables type of thing. Like after that, I don't really fucking care about you. If you want to get into the subtle nuances, if we have to be like, oh, we have to eat like, you know, paleo people or whatever. I'm like, man, I don't know if that's a good argument in its entirety because there's probably you know different food sources that they didn't have available to them that we do have available to us that are good in the whole context of human health you know just because we didn't evolve with it doesn't mean it's not good for us now you know and um, but anyway yeah that's kind of a tangent once you have your food quality you're going okay i'm eating mainly good wholesome high quality foods whatever the fuck that means for you you're just not eating like a fucking 12 year old child. It's like, Oh, give me sweets. And that's how I'm going to fill my macros. Like that's, that's not what we're talking about. Um, then I kind of look down into the macronutrient range. And like the first thing, generally what I'm saying is protein, but if we're coming to the diet and they've already been eating some sort of a macronutrient controlled diet, they probably have their protein dialed in somewhat. 
you know so like if they don't like i'm generally looking for you know that kind of 2.2 grams per kilo is it kilo, yeah. pounds <laughs> of kilos. yeah yeah i'm like so uh yeah that kind of 2.2 uh gram 2.2 to 3.3 grams per kilo you know depending on what you feel is uh, best for you like i kind of like the higher end like i'm roughly kind of I'm actually kind of like 95 kilos, roughly somewhere around there now. Uh, and I kind of have like 300 grams of protein per day, which is obviously on the high end, but I'm also on quite high calories. And I also do prefer a diet that has higher protein. Like it helps me actually feel satiated throughout the whole day. And I feel, I feel like I have better recovery uh, when I, when I have that higher protein. So that's kind of where I'd, I'd be looking at. First of all, I'd be like, okay, where is your protein at? Is it adequate for your goals? If you're getting that 2.2 grams per pound, man, I don't care. After that, you, you can go as low as 1.8, but I probably, <laughs> what did I say? 2.2 grams gram, per, gram per kilo. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, yeah, what is it? 1, 1.5 grams per pound or whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, oh. uh, one, one, anyway, yeah, one gram per pound uh, or 2.2 per kilo but anyway uh <clears throat> that's that would that would be the kind of where i'd set it up uh and once that's kind of in place like you can go a little bit lower like that 1.8 grams per kilo but if you're dieting you probably want to keep protein relatively high so you're ensuring you're not losing any muscle but then like you said i i'm kind of tending to take away from fat first of all but that's assuming your fat is at least a gram per kilo you know, like if you're coming to it, like you were saying, like you're coming to it and all oh, like I'm eating 50 grams of fat and the person weighs like 80 kilos or 100 kilos. And you're like, OK, that that's cool. Why are you eating like that? And it's like, oh, well, I prefer to have these foods. And it's like, yeah, OK, to an extent. Yeah, I do want to obviously fit in a diet that you know looks after your your preferences. But like if you're going lower than that kind of 0.6 grams per kilo of fat, like that'd be the low end of the range that I'd be looking yeah. at. And like going below that for a small amount of time. Yeah, fine. Like if you're a bodybuilder in like the last three weeks of your diet and you're like, look, I just need to lose this last little bit of fat and like carbs are already pretty low. I need to keep some sort of pump going. And um, I'm going to just drop fat from here to like, you know, get fat really low. It's like, cool. I can, I can get down with that as long as it comes back up relatively quickly after that. But oh, like I, you see some people's diets and it's like, yeah people kind of eat weirdly in terms of they're either on the the high or the low end like i've had people come to me and they're like a 60 kilo female and they're up to like 130 grams of fat per day and you're like what the fuck and they're like they're they're not they're not act- actively trying to eat high fat but they're just trying to actively eat healthily like they're like oh well, i have an avocado here and i have nuts here and i have all this and it's like all of these are like really high fat foods that are adding up yeah you know um uh, or you have the opposite end where people are coming to you and they're like Oh yeah, I just basically don't eat any fat. And it's like, whoa, this is a this is pretty pretty dark. But assuming you're you're you've got that gram per kilo of fat, then that'd be the first place I'd be taking away calories. Well, yeah, grams calories from. Sweet, I agree, and I think you can kind of like you should just kind of take that on as an assumption from now on that when we're talking about diets or anything, we are assuming that you are eating like an adult, that you are composing most of your diet from nutrient-dense foods, and that when we say, oh, increase your carbohydrates, it doesn't mean so that you can have like 300 grams of cocoa puffs per day, because that's typically what we see when we see those kind of 
low fat diets and people are like, oh, I just prefer higher carb foods. And it's like, do you actually prefer higher carb foods? As in like, are you eating loads of potatoes and wild rice and stuff? It's like, no, generally not. It's generally people are eating sweets and cereals and things like that. So just make sure that you actually are keeping some deal of a, some degree of a food focus and actually eating a wholesome diet as well. Um, and and to, to put that in context as well, like that's not to say that you can't have oh yeah, any of these all. foods. Like not, not, not at all. Like that's not what we're saying. It's like the majority, like the basis of your diet should be that kind of whole food perspective. And then, yeah, fuck, like if you want to have that, whatever, whatever feels right for you and your goals overall, if that's 10 to 20% of your diet is a bit of, you know, like that, junk food if you want to call it that it's like yeah cool i don't really mind you know if you are someone that has a lot of you know gastrointestinal distress or issues or you know you you have some health concerns or you are looking to really maximize your performance then it's going to be a lower percentage of your diet that could be or should be that kind of junk food like if you're saying like oh yeah i have you know this undiagnosed kind of gut something's going on like i get really bad bloating really bad gas and i get really like acid reflux and stuff and it's like you look at their diet and it's it's like okay well you're fitting in you're counting your macros you're counting your calories but the quality of your diet is you know terrible like 50 percent of your diet is like cocoa pops and cereal and stuff it's like this is this is probably not the best way to address that you know or even manage it like i'm not going to say like oh change your diet and all of a sudden you know all your gastrointestinal you know whatever problems are just gone it's like no that's not that's not the case i'm just saying like there is ways to like nutritionally support it and having 50 percent of your diet as crap food is not one of them you know so like that you have to take that into account like yeah and i I hate when people kind of compare themselves to their friends and stuff they're like oh well mary down the road can eat this fucking shit Uh, whatever and it's like okay cool but mary's not you and you're not mary like we're told all the time we're unique snowflakes (laughs) and like you're supposed to be you know oh i'm unique so why the fuck are you comparing yourself to someone else like you know be you and you know deal with your problems and accept them as your problems or no one else's fucking problems you know so if you can't eat the way mary eats or mary eats like a fucking pig and is still you know a size six it's like cool that's fucking great for mary like there's nothing to do with you you know, like you have to eat like how you have to eat to get the results that you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've spoken a little bit about the calorie deficit itself, where we're kind of pulling macronutrients from initially. We've spoken about the fact that you should eat like an adult, nutrient-dense foods, etc. And from there, I suppose it's important to kind of give people some expectations or guidelines as to what their rate of weight loss from a scales perspective actually should be. And before before we actually before we actually go into that we should say that we should deal with the kind of adherence thing and i don't mean you know dealing with oh like you know uh how do i avoid binging like we've we've talked about that before and like that's that's a whole topic in itself what i mean is how do you actually adhere to eating well and actually sticking to your macros and like a lot of that is actually having a structure to your Mm -hmm. day you know, like you, I know you're a real fan of having an actual structure to your day, having, you know, set wake times and bedtimes and kind of, obviously you're never going to have that perfect. And we've talked about that before, but I mean, in terms of your diet, excuse, excuse me, um, actually having, this is roughly, you know, breakfasts, you could have three, four or five different options for breakfast, but you know, roughly that's kind of a, a macronutrient split. That's kind of a calorie level that suits me for breakfast. 
and it's roughly the same kind of time every day, you know, give or take whatever, one, two hours. And these are a few uh, lunch ideas, foods. So you're like, oh, this kind of fits my whole perspective. And it's like this, I like to have these foods, have a few of them. Cool. Boom. Same with dinners, you know, same with snacks if you're having them. Like I kind of like eating like staple meals. Like I'll have like two or three meals a day. Like if I just change my macronutrients, I'll have like two or three meals that fit those and still give me, you know, whatever we'll say 600, 800 calories, like I'm quite high, high calories, uh, like whatever, 600, 800 calories per day to kind of mess around with. And, you know, maybe I might go out for food or maybe I'm like, you know, have, you know, oh, I'll be like, oh, I, like I really like liver. Like, so maybe I'll be like, oh man, I just want to fucking eat some liver today. You know, uh, like something like that. Like I'll have kind of foods that I can kind of fit into my diet and mess around with a little bit, but I'll have kind of staple meals that kind of keep me consistent. Like I know you eat the same breakfast pretty much every yeah. single day, you know, so... <clears throat> Like having that kind of paradigm where it's like that having a structure to your diet overall, even though it's not like say a meal plan, um, is a lot easier in terms of adhering to the goals and the the kind of macronutrients and calories you've set for yourself. Because that's probably where the majority of people struggle. Like it's not the it's not the how much the rate of fat loss or you know any of that kind of stuff. It's like okay, how do I actually stick? How do I actually stick to the diet that I I want to that I know is going to get me results you know and we, we've talked about the whole binging before but you know how do you actually stay on track day to day and the way you do it is actually have a plan you know it's not just like oh cool i'm going to i've set my macros i've set my calories it's that's cool and you're just going to magically hit them it's like no you actually have to know what foods to eat to get as much protein where can you get carbohydrates that you know fit in your day like do you prefer to have carbohydrates around your training earlier in the day, later in the day, you know, actually figuring out the structure of your diet that suits you best and suits your lifestyle best. Like it might be like, oh yeah, like I love having car- carbohydrates uh, earlier in the day or around training, but it's, oh, well, I have to entertain guests every night. And it's like, well, you know, nobody wants to be eating like low carb every single night. If you're entertaining guests, like it's just a harder thing to do. So it's like, okay, well maybe, you know, portioning more of your carbs towards that evening meal is going to be more sustainable for whatever, whatever you're entertaining guests, you know? So you have to take that into account, both your body's desire, whatever it feels best for it, and then also your lifestyle as well. Now, obviously, the better your lifestyle, like if you're staying up till 2 a.m. in the morning and then, you know, you have college work, whatever, at 9 a.m., like that's obviously not going to be a conducive lifestyle to any of this health and fitness stuff. But... If that is you staying up till 2 a.m. to, you know, I don't know, get work done, like it needs must, like who am I to judge? But if you're just going like I'm staying up to, till 2 a.m. watching Netflix and then <clears throat> struggling to find time to cook food to hit my my targets, it's like, okay, well, clearly you need to reset your priorities. Um, but yeah, I think having a structure to your day, having an idea of what kind of meals are going to allow you hit those targets and then kind of having a rough plan for the week is a really good yeah, idea. I think to be fair to a lot of people that are listening, just because I recognize that, you know, a lot of you are just general population. You have been kind of been given a bit of a disservice by a lot of fitness professionals and influencers and stuff like Patty. I even said to you today to go and watch someone's story. Like he was a, a natural professional bodybuilder with tens of thousands of followers to have a look at his day, day of eating. And I mean, like, it was it was actually pathetic. Like if one of my clients came to me with his food diary, I would be like, "Are you having a laugh?" Like I don't think there was one 
vegetable or fruit that was the whole diet was literally supplemented like whey protein like some crisps there was a few protein bars or protein cookie or something along those lines and like a pizza and like i mean to be like it's all very well to tell people the calories and macronutrients are the most important thing but like the majority of like fitness professionals that are posting in social media these days are saying like oh first meal 4 p.m and all this kind of stuff and it's just it's really confusing for people because it's easy to do that when you've been tracking calories and macronutrients for a couple of years like we could easily do that if we wanted like i wouldn't like to eat like that but we could because once you develop a lot of different habits and you get used to tracking calories and you know what foods are calorie appropriate for your diet it becomes much easier but for the beginner man that's fucking hard like i know that if i went back to the start when i first tracking started tracking calories and i had no structure and i was just eating a lot of random foods i don't think i'd be able to adhere to that to be honest yeah and like it's it is one of those things as well where like people people try to do that and then especially people who are trying to gain weight they come to the end of the day and they're like oh like i have four thousand calories to eat you know and they're, they're wondering why they can't get calories and it's like yeah because you didn't eat for 16 hours of the day like obviously you're going to struggle to get five thousand calories in in you know six hours like unless you have a, a, a hefty appetite like i could probably get like five thousand oh, calories in, in a meal like if i wanted to like like it would it would be delicious but like if you're already struggling to gain weight like you're that tip archetypical like you know skinny person that's like oh well like i never could put on weight like you're definitely going to have to have structure to your day you know or same again if you're that archetypical you're like i've always been heavier and i just struggle with you know feeling hungry it's like yeah well you're going to need to structure your meal so you avoid that feeling of hunger so you're not encouraged by your brain to kind of want to binge eat or anything you know so like 100 percent having a structure and and like i do agree with you like that all these people have been given a disservice by those kind of ideas and like yeah you can hide behind the the hashtag sustainability like oh yeah this allows me live my life and everything but it's like like mate you do online coaching <laughs> and you know you record some vi- you record some videos for youtube it's like your your life is not fucking hard like it's gonna take you what 20 minutes in the morning to cook breakfast and lunch like that like that that's nothing out of your day it's like you're just sitting at home all day you know fucking around you go to the gym in the afternoon with the boys and it's like and that's that's cool but like you don't need to eat like a fucking piece of shit you know (laughs) to to do that you know, and I, I do think a lot of people, because it's sexy, oh, it sounds like, yeah. like, oh, I can eat donuts all day and I can, I can eat like, oh, look, I'm eating all the foods, the, all the shit foods that you're eating and, you know, I'm fucking shredded, bro. Uh, and it's like, yeah, okay, cool. That's that's kind of what I want. Like, yeah, I'm going to get in on that. Like, whatever he's selling, I'm buying, you know, but it's like, that's not actually, that's not actually sustainable, you know, in terms of like, you're not actually healthy. Like, I always just think I'm like, you genuinely see yourself eating like that as a 60 year old an 80 year old yeah. 90 year old like it's like you you genuinely see yourself like teaching your kids those habits you know it's like that's like 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 i don't know maybe maybe i'm fucking wrong maybe this is why we're not bodybuilders you know maybe you know they just don't care about their fucking spouses children fucking anything and they're just like man i just need calories that's it that's all i care about it's like yeah maybe maybe that's it and maybe that's why we're not fucking huge swole uh although you're kind of getting a bit swole these days you know i'm just saying like you know um um, like yeah maybe that's why but to me i'm like i'd rather just you know actually be able to live my life and you know this whole kind of 
eating like a fucking two-year-old even like a, you know they're just eating whatever the fuck is presented in front of them being like oh get my fitness plan out can i fit this in somehow and it's like okay yeah cool yeah but we'd evolved past <laughs> this but all right yeah, and to be fair like it it's cool to do that at times you know i completely understand if you're traveling like and you know what oh you're on a flight you don't really feel like eating and things like that and then you need to catch up and you're all over the place you've no meals prepped cool right Th- those situations they happen use my fitness pal be real flexible and stuff cool you need to hit your calories have a few granola bars fine but fuck it shouldn't be every day definitely not and i think it's very important as well because a lot of you are students and you work kind of nine to fives and stuff and having that structure like with your nutrition just makes your actual life easier and it's not just about making your sticking to your diet easier but actually making your life more enjoyable as well like if you actually feel good throughout the day you feel healthy you don't have to make a lot of additional decisions with your food that is all beneficial um, because nutrition should, should support your life and it shouldn't just be this kind of random weird game of maths where you just count up all your cereal and chocolate bars but anyway we've covered that so what were we going to talk about after that? oh yeah rates rates of your rates of loss and I think before we actually get to numbers, it's very, very important to understand that these rates of loss are just like very ballpark guidelines that you should kind of monitor on more or less a monthly basis to see if you're going in the right direction because things will change. Your body weight will fluctuate based on a million different variables and it's just not always perfect. So there, there's a, a kind of a ballpark range of 0.5 to 1% of your body weight, which is where I feel the sweet spot lies, probably closer to the bottom of that range for most of you. Um, and maybe toward the top of the range, if you are more experienced running just a short period of dieting, maybe a mini cut, or if you are someone who has quite a lot of body fat to lose. Other than that, I would be recommending closer toward the 0.5% range just because it allows you to like never get into a lot of those adherence battles because your calories aren't that low in the first place. What do you think? Yeah, man, I'm in agreement. Although the only confounding kind of factor to this is, well, there's two, and I'll mention them both. Uh, the first one is when you start your diet, you're going to lose oh, yeah. a little bit quicker, <laughs> or at least you're, you, you should, you probably should, look to be losing a little bit quicker and that's purely kind of water weight glycogen that kind of stuff you know so like even up to like i've seen people that are relatively lean you know lose like two kilos in a week and they've only dropped their calories like 200 you know so a lot of that is kind of water maybe some inflammation and stuff like i've seen people say that and you know maybe yeah but that's kind of what I would think for the first week, you know, okay, it's probably going to be a little bit faster. And then I'd look to have it leveling off. Then the second confounding factor is if you are a female woman, I don't know what we're supposed to call them these days. Um, <laughs> you obviously have your men's, you obviously have your menstrual uh, cycle it, as well. Males have those to, too, you bigot. Oh, sorry. I forgot. Anyway, um, um, like obviously with your menstrual cycle as well, like your weight is going to fluctuate. So, you do have to be aware of where you are in your cycle. Cause I know a lot of women just aren't like, they just are like, Oh, it just kind of happens. And you're like, okay, well that's man. I always think I'm like, I mean, if I was fucking bleeding <laughs> once a month, like I'd be like, all right, when, when is this going to happen? Like, Definitely. I'd, I'd want to know, you know, but like whatever. Okay. So if you're not tracking that, like probably do get into a kind of regular 
okay, I say you're 28 days, oh, man, it's rare that people will be exactly 28 days. But let's say, for example, you are 28 days exactly. And it's like, okay, so you know, that kind of last week, the week before your period, you're kind of feeling, and you're probably represented on the scale a bit heavier. You know, you're kind of feeling like that kind of 10 ton Tessie. Maybe you're snapping at people, you know, that kind of thing. You're like, oh, I just feel like I have loads of rolls of fat. You know, it's like, okay, cool. No one else can see that, but that's how you feel. The scales is probably up just a little bit. Then you have your period, probably still up around that time. Then after your period, that's going to be where you're at your lightest on the scale. So like it's it's essentially, that's how it fluctuates. Well, well very simplistically, you know, end of menses, you're at your lightest, you know, around ovulation goes slightly up. So two weeks later, it goes slightly up. Uh, then after ovulation, slightly down. And then it continues to go up until just before your period and during your period, you know. So you obviously have to be aware of that because there's going to be weeks you're looking at the scales and you're going, oh, man, last three weeks were fucking lit. You know, uh, I've been losing fat like nobody's business. And then that kind of fourth week, the kind of end of third, fourth week, you're like, man, I'm up like fucking a million kilos on on the scales you know fuck this diet who the fuck cares and then you compound that with the fact that you're already feeling a little bit extra cravy and stuff it's like all right so you, all the hard work you've been doing means jack shit because the scales is up and then you're like oh i just feel like fucking eating some chocolate and you're like all right cool well you know the work i'm putting in clearly isn't working so fucking chocolate it is you know so you do have to be aware of that that, that is something that is going to throw off your rate of loss and especially with women, females, whatever fuck, um, you'd be looking at kind of averaging it, like it, compare like week to like week. You know, if yeah. you, it's like you're comparing the first week of your cycle to the first week of your next cycle. Um, and that's how you'd kind of want want to to look at it. But it's 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 kind of hard to do that, especially given that I'm going to say the majority, but a large portion of uh, women, females just don't have a regular cycle you know so it's kind of harder to track you're like oh well how do i compare like week to like week if i'm like this this cycle was six weeks long and this one was fucking eight weeks long it's like how do you how do you, how do you actually compare that you know so you, you take it what it will that's why you have to pay attention to your to your uh menstrual cycle yourself um but other than that like yeah like that kind of rate of loss of like that 0.5 to 1% is kind of where i generally aim at yeah <laughs> if only you guys could see the video <laughs> but anyway um yeah i think that's a nice range to be in and agreed with all of the menstrual cycle stuff i always monitor my menstrual cycle um but in all seriousness it's actually it's actually pretty unfortunate for girls females women etc um because that really heavy like week toward the end of your cycle just happens to be the time that you just psychologically feel quite shit about yourself in general so then like we have you know our female clients checking in and you know they just feel really down about themselves and you know it it actually is kind of unfortunate but then that next week it's like it's literally like a different person checking in with you i'm like is this the same sheila i was talking to last week or (laughs) because suddenly oh everything's going great it's brilliant it's like last week you told me you wanted to fire me and you hate yourself because i turned you into a whale but um anyway week one comes around all is good okay (laughs) (laughs) we didn't get fired yet um but yeah all that out of the way 
So yeah, it is important even for guys and everyone to recognize that it is very, very rarely going to be linear. Like I've had very, very successful fat loss phases where maybe my weight was the same for like three weeks. And then suddenly it's like drops by like two kilos in a week. And it's like, damn, where'd that come from? With little to no change. And at other people who will literally drop like kilo a week, kilo a week, kilo a week. And it just kind of keeps coming. And I'm like, what are you doing that everyone else isn't? And, you know, everyone's body is going to respond different to stressors in life, including the stress of dieting, the stress of training. And you may just have a different level of water retention to someone else. And it may take a while for that to kind of then pop off. But it does end up happening. Because what you have to realize is that you are tracking weight loss and not necessarily fat loss. Um, so very often you're not going to see that fat loss very specifically on the scale, but it does come with time. So don't necessarily run into making changes just because you didn't progress at this rate for one week, because let's say you drop half a kilo one week and the next week you drop 0.1 of a kilo or you drop nothing. You're still on that right path. So if you average things over, over a period of two to four weeks, and I actually really like keeping graphs so like if you actually put your weight into a basic excel document every day and have some sort of graph you can still see the trend line and that can be quite encouraging for people Uh, so once you're on the right path i wouldn't rush into taking into making changes um unless it's been four weeks and you still haven't made progress would you agree Mm -hmm. i would agree and yeah uh, like i say it all the time it is you're just looking for the trends that's it you know, whatever, whatever that trend is specific to your situation. Like if you're like, I know for three weeks, I'm going to be on the ball. And then, you know, one week it's going to be a bit off track. And it's like there that you have to factor that into your, your trend. Like if you go away for work every fourth week or the last week of the month or whatever the fuck it is, like factor that into, okay, that's probably going to lower the overall or sorry, flatten out the overall trend line. Um, even if you're looking for it to slowly be lowering. So you're going, okay, cool. It's probably going to go up a little bit over those those few days. But overall, over the couple of months that I'm dieting, I want to see it slowly ticking down. And this also kind of takes into account that you're not getting discouraged from day-to-day variability because that like you're going to fluctuate day-to-day, like hugely. You know, like you, you could be up two kilos one day. And like if you're just going on day-to-day, oh, I was down, whatever, this much. And that's how you quantify your success. Like you're going to have a bad day where you've just drank two liters of water the day before and you just haven't, you know, peed it out yet. And it's like, oh, cool, I'm up two kilos. I'm a fucking failure. My diet is shit. I'm a shit person, you know? So you do have to take that kind of day-to-day variability into account. And, you know, that's why we kind of look at those trend lines. Over time, you want to see it moving in the right direction. But you know, day to day, don't really care too much as long as they are slowly going yeah, in the direction. I, I think as well, then let's say when we do come to the point where, right, we're hitting some sort of plateau for that four week period or whatever. It's important, like I think anyway, to make small changes. Like I like whatever about setting up the initial calorie deficit. I think when it comes to making a change during a plateau, I like those changes to be very small, especially in the deeper stages of dieting. Like this is something I actually personally experienced um, like toward the, the end of our diet last summer before I went to Thailand. I remember it was like the two weeks before, 10 days before even. And I was like, fuck it, you know, I'm going to Thailand in like 10 days, just going to be aggressive for the, the next 10 days. And prior, prior to that, I had been on like 2,850 calories and it was pretty lean. Like it's not exactly, it's not that low. 
Um, but then I was like, look, I'm going to drop by 500, went to 2350, which was, which is quite low for me. I know some of you are probably thinking, God, that's high, but it's, it's really not for dieting calories for me anyway. Um, and for those 10 days, like I could straight away feel that I was just a bit colder, wasn't sweating quite as much, didn't have quite as much energy in the gym. I was a bit more lethargic, but at the same time, my sleep wasn't as great at night. So all of those metabolic adaptations kind of jumped at me at once because I just made too much of a big change and it didn't really benefit my fat loss as much as it should have maybe because there was a decrease in, you know, the amount of food I had in general. So the decreased thermic effective feeding. And then we had all those other adaptations, including a reduction in my neat and training performance and things like that. So I think that's important to recognize is that the deeper you are in a diet, especially if you start to make aggressive changes, then any adaptations that have already taken place are likely to accelerate then. Would you agree with that? Or would you be say, fuck it, slash them by a thousand? Yeah, no, I'd a hundred percent agree. Like it was, it was also really weird when you, you fucking dropped your calories that time and you just stopped sweating. Like it just didn't happen. Like we'd be going, you know, balls out in the set and like it wouldn't even be like a droplet of sweat like uh i'm like all right and you're all right cool. i'm over here sweating like a pig but you know i'm okay yeah um um but yeah no i'd 100 agree like those smaller changes like i've even seen something yeah. as minuscule as like 50 cal change like we're just, just gonna drop by 50 cals and like obviously you know there's all this psychological component and whatever else and uh, like i don't think like 50 cals is going to be like that huge make or break thing but you know it still is a deficit that's kind of putting us into a further deficit you know and it is kind of making us more adherent to the diet in terms of obviously you have well potentially more adherent to the diet because obviously you have less calories to track so you're going to be like okay cool i need to be you know 100 with this and i also find with plateaus as well especially people who are being a bit more flexible with their diet you know if you hit them with the uh yeah the old meal plan you know you kind of go oh I wasn't actually hitting the calories I thought I was, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm having a, you know, 15 grams of peanut Peanut butter. butter Peanut butter is disgusting, but whatever. Look, I'm not, I'm not here to judge. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm having 15 grams of that. And you're like, okay, cool. Uh, You see it in their, their diet and you're like, cool, that's, that's grand. And then you talk to them you're like, okay, cool. What's the diet like? And then you find out like, they're just, you know, scooping it out and they're not actually weighing it. And it's like, okay, cool. I just want you to start weighing that, what you think is 15 grams. And then it's like, okay, cool. I was actually having 30 grams. So like there you do, like the the lower your calories are and the further into a diet you get, like like you experience as well, like you do have to be way more precise with your diet. You know, like, like especially if you're, if you're bulking or, you know, trying to gain and stuff, it's like, cool. Don't really care if I have these, you know, 20 extra calories here or there's 50 extra calories there's 100 extra calories here you know it's like that's cool it's just going to contribute to the overall energy surplus don't really care you know especially if you're not trying to stay overly lean it's like cool that's all cool that's all great but then when you're trying to diet it's like no i actually need to make sure that i'm not having 10 calories over where i think i am not that i think that you know like tracking like my fitness pal or anything mm. <clears throat> is extremely accurate i think there's like a 20 percent inherent uh vari- variability and to be honest i actually think they're probably even more because you know like that's they're not like most of these foods and stuff like who who's who put them in like some random person put them in based on some random random person in you know a factory somewhere that looked after like the the actual you know calorie uh, calorimeter and stuff uh so it's like oh like i just don't know how much i i actually trust that 
but at the same time it's like yeah it still works you know but we'll say it's 20 percent. but even still the lower you are getting onto the diet or your calories even you do kind of need to be more precise yeah, with that and i even think from generally from an adherence perspective i think that having a a basic very loose meal plan structure like we were talking about earlier in terms of having staple meals it's just a good idea anyway because the deeper you get into a diet the more i guess you crave those foods that you've been craving all along and the more hunger you have in general so you're more likely to make poor decisions if you're just kind of left to just track at random so you know going somewhere along the lines of that meal plan meal plan structure is generally a good idea anyway um and on that kind of anecdote as well it was actually interesting like when i came back from thailand then after the two weeks and i had my calories at like three thousand for the next month or so and i just kept dropping body fat and got significantly leaner so it isn't always a case of just saying right i need less calories need less calories need less calories sometimes a little break from dieting at maintenance or slightly above for a week or two can get you back to that kind of sweet spot sweet spot where you're training well sweating more in my case <laughs> sleeping a bit better um, and just getting rid if you want to say that of some of those little quote-unquote negative metabolic adaptations um, but we won't do the diet go on also 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 on that uh man you need to just maybe forget was shouting in my ear there um <laughs> <laughs> uh what the fuck was i going to say give me a second now I said what did you home. say just a second ago you were saying you came back from Thailand. oh yeah that's it um the the majority of the time what most people need is not a further calorie deficit it's just time like they just need to wait it out a little bit longer like a lot of people kind of want to jump the gun they're like oh yeah i've been losing at this nice sustainable rate you know but you know, fuck it, I want to be leaner quicker. So they just slash calories way down and you're like, okay, cool. It's actually not going to work out how you think it's going to work out. Your performance is going to suffer more potential for muscle loss. You know, all the stuff that you don't want, yeah, that's going to increase. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm kind of not a fan of that kind of slash and burn kind of calorie uh, dropping, we say. Also, a lot of people do make that kind of they feel like they have to make a change every single week, you know, where it's like, oh, everything's been working and I've been dropping fat, but my diet was the same this week. So I'm going to fucking swish it up this week and I'm drop it by a hundred cows this week. Cause you know, fuck it. You know, I want to keep losing. And it's like, no, like you, you're at the correct, you're at a calorie appropriate diet for your goals. Stick with that until, you know, it stops working at a or a rate that you deem correct. Like that we were saying, like that kind of, one percent to 0.5 percent rate if you're like oh well i've dropped down to that kind of 0.25 percent rate and it's like okay cool like maybe then you just drop yeah, it up further. i think i think people have an obsession with changing something like you kind of alluded to it there where you know things are going really well even when like even when they're going really well they're like oh it's going really well so i need to kind of keep it going and then to keep making changes like i've literally had i like there's one client in particular that comes to my mind where i coached her for like well over a year and her calories were pretty much the same the whole way through and she dropped like 14 kilos and it was just a consistent thing it wasn't like we didn't even talk about calories all the time we didn't talk about changing nutrition it was just like yeah this is happening you know that's going on i know you're adhering to it and now let's just focus on progressing your training and stuff and you know as the person 
gets stronger, accumulates more training volume over time. We have to remember that all of that is actually contributing to an increase in energy expenditure as well and is going to favor fat loss. So especially if you're someone that's kind of a beginner to the gym or a beginner to progressing your weight training even, that's kind of a big thing to actually remember is that as you begin to get better at training, even if it's cardiovascular exercise, you are actually increasing your energy expenditure as well. So sometimes it's a case of just keeping those calories the same letting them do their job, sometimes even increasing them like that. That was what with that girl in particular, I remember her calories were down at like 1900 at one point, And then eventually they came back up to 2200 where she was at her lowest body weight at 14 kilos lighter. And it just kind of shows you how things mm. do change. Like it's, it's not just a case that, Oh, it's just less body weight, less calories. Like you have to remember, think about what's going on with training as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I've even got like you know bikini competitors where I've had them start start on a calorie level, <clears throat> you know, a moderate deficit, um, obviously with the increased adherence and increased you know maybe training volume and all that kind of stuff, and just have them at that calorie level the whole time. You know, it's like we didn't we didn't need to make a change because like that was appropriate for you to continue to slowly lose body fat. You know, we're at that kind of sweet spot where you know every every week you're getting stronger so you're actually you know able to perform better in the gym so you're actually you know burning more calories in the gym you know all, all, all that kind of stuff you're actually fueling the body you know thermic effect feeding and all that kind of stuff so we're at a really nice sweet spot where it's we're slowly losing fat but we don't need to change the calories at all you know and like i've had competitors where it's like oh cool we're actually going to increase the calories as we go get closer to a show so you're feeling at <laughs> yeah. your best you're feeling your fullest muscular wise and stuff like it's like as we get closer to the show like that would be my kind of ideal you know still not an aggressive start but then as we get closer to a show kind of tapering calories up a little bit like doesn't always happen it's not guaranteed but yeah. like that's kind of my Absolutely. ideal and personally like if it came to a diet like unless I was doing an actual show where I had a specific deadline, I would much rather invest more weeks of feeling pretty okay on a decent level of calories versus getting to the same level of body fat in a shorter period of time, but feeling pretty shit when I get there. Like I don't think you can enjoy being lean if you hate the process, your little dicky isn't working quite as well anymore, you're not sleeping very well, your training's gone to shit. So I just think like it's a much more enjoyable process, especially for general population, to just be able to prolong a little bit more, give it the time and don't rush into those changes. And I know it's become popular recently, especially with some people that are like very respectable people um, to do run very aggressive diets. Like I know aggressive dieting has gained a lot of traction and I can understand where that would be appropriate in some context, but it's certainly not something that we will be pushing on this podcast because we are addressing the issues of general population, people who wish to prioritize their health while improving their body composition. And most of the time I'm not going to go and tell someone to diet on 800 calories because sure, maybe appropriate in some context, but not the majority of the time. Would you agree? <laughs> I Stop know, asking me if I agree. You know what's wrong. Like, Carrie, all of my clients are on 800 calories. Are you serious? <laughs> well, you think, I'm, you think I'm stupid, like, do you? <laughs> well, obviously. They're on, they're on 900. <laughs> you're not that hard <laughs> jeez I'm, I'm not you know i'm a savage like you know yeah like come on 
Um, right. So do you feel people are adequately prepared? If I could speak even, do you feel people are adequately prepared to set up their diet and then actually adhere to their diet and get the the physique yeah like i think you've been given people want. a lot there like there's actually a lot more in what we said there and if you if you take a few cheeky little notes there you will have a pretty successful diet i think there's probably some questions on people's minds in terms of do i need to cycle my carbohydrates do i need to cycle my calories things like that and maybe we'll do a separate podcast more in depth on that but i think if we cover it in short it's going to be the, in terms of driving fat loss, it's going to be your weekly like caloric average that is most important. Like is cycling your calories throughout the week a path to that? Yes, absolutely. But the majority of the time, I just rather keep them pretty consistent throughout the week. Like people try to kind of claim that there's special fat loss benefits to carbohydrate cycling some sometimes because of having low carb days and high carb days and spike in this and that and whatever. And to be honest, it's all just theoretical stuff that doesn't play out in practice and comes from kind of a bit of a misunderstanding of what's actually going on to drive fat loss. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say that carbohydrate cycling is not something that's necessary by any means or in any way superior from a mechanistic standpoint unless you feel it helps you to adhere to your diet or you feel that it helps you to improve your training performance or maintain a better level of meat meat throughout the day or week. Um, I'm not going to ask you if you agree because you're not allowed to disagree. The other thing I was going to address. It's it's pretty much like all those kind of like, we'll call them special diets or whatever. It's yeah. like the majority of their benefits come from increasing your adherence. Like people like calorie cycling or carb cycling or calorie cycling or whatever the fuck they want to do. It's like, like, I just like to eat different things every day. So I'm not eating the same thing every day. And also that kind of placebo effect where you're like, oh yeah, this is actually, you know, fucking just, you know, destroying fat on me. You know, it's like, this is great. You know, so they're like, oh, I want to stick to it. And then they actually stick to it. And it's the first diet they've ever stuck to. So it's like, yeah, obviously you're going to get results on that because you're actually sticking to the diet, you know? And it's like, oh, well, like on three days a week, I get to eat 5,000 calories. It's like, yeah, but on, you know, four days a week, you're eight, eating 800. If you had just, you know, kept the same amount throughout yeah. all seven and days. And I suppose another thing on that one, result. just because I know some people listening will probably have heard of it. Like, is it a good idea to have a quote unquote cheat meal or cheat day? No, if it doesn't fit into your caloric goals, it's pretty stupid. It's not spiking anything. It's just going to cause your progress to slow down or cause you to gain body fat. All right. There's there's no cheat days here at Triage. It's not how we work. Um, and then in terms of the last. Is, is, is it beneficial for your relationship to occasionally have a cheat? You know, <laughs> you didn't have it? to bring Are it up. You? That time you cheated on me. You were, you were, you went up for dinner with <laughs> <laughs> hey you're the one that's going you're going to meet another you're going to go meet another fitness you know entrepreneur uh, yeah, but, but see later we on so you're the one that's cheating so on me i was thinking like it'd be a good idea to, to see what those fitness people are at you know just to get an idea do you know I'm- i suppose that's, <laughs> that's fair that's fair but yeah like that's the way i look at it i'm like and is cheating on your spouse actually going to improve your relationship it's like the obviously the answer is no well i would hope the answer is no um but 
why would you think the same thing would not apply to your diet? You know, it's like, oh, well, here, let me just completely fuck the diet and, you know, it's going to help me. It's like, um, obviously, that's not fucking happening. And then, and then the, the, the final probably one on that, on that, it's probably on the tip of people's tongues, is do you need a refeed? And again, no, it's the, sa- it's the same kind of thing along the lines of carbohydrate cycling. Can you make an argument for refeeds for someone who is extremely lean, extremely lean toward the end of a contest prep? When you're very lean, like I'm talking veins in your abs, lines in your glutes, okay, maybe maybe that might be useful in some cases if you've kind of maybe accidentally dug a little bit too deep or you've just been digging really deep and the person needs it. But to you, to you listening to this, meh, I wouldn't be considering refeeds, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, unless unless this refeed is lasting, you know, three to five days, you know, I'm I'm caught on bullshit. The science does not support what you or what these people are saying it supports of these one day refeeds. I'm like, nah, man, that's not I don't know how you got that from that study. I don't know like what you think. Yeah. Like your application of that study is not what the science says. You know, it's gonna be like it's gonna take maybe three days for that leptin to, you know, get back to where you wanted at. Um so with this what one day of slightly overfeed like people are like oh i just <laughs> i went up to maintenance and i increased my carbs and it's like you're not you're not you're not you're not doing any you know spiking your metabolism or you know whatever fixing all these hormones and stuff it's like that's not what it's doing it's like yeah okay cool you might feel great the next two three days because you've got more glycogen in your muscles and your training performance might go up so yeah there is some benefit for it but i'm like if you're having yeah, a, a weekly, weekly refeed just make no sense have those to me like, as i said it's kind of like if it's a kind of a reactive thing and i would probably favor a diet break kind of like you suggested more so where you're looking at like at least three to five days or a week or two weeks where you're actually spending at maintenance or above like we've written about that in the militia and obviously if you're listening to this you're in the militia so you've read the article on the art of the diet break um but yeah they can be useful at times but again not for most people like most people are not getting lean enough where you need to even worry about all these drastic adaptations or anything like people are looking to get a little bit of abs like that shouldn't be a massive ordeal in terms of stressing out your body um so yeah i think that kind of that covers a lot of it doesn't it And um, that was only Let's an hour. Talking, I'm going to have to get a lot of another hour. <laughs> I actually had to swap you, laptops. You said you were ready for this. People. You are actually It was actually here. a desperate ordeal. Patty started screaming at me and told me that my ears were big and everything. It was a horrible experience. Oh, they're tasty. Um, Your ears are big. What do, what do you think would be the next thing you need to worry about? <laughs> Anyway, tell us about Rome. I would recommend people if you've thought about going to a European city this year. Rome is quite nice. Um, It's nice to kind of experience some of that other ancient culture. Um, The Pantheon was probably my favorite thing. It's just pretty cool to see a building that's like 2,000 years old. I'm like, fuck, like, Jesus. We can barely fucking tie our shoelaces these days, and those boys were just <laughs> savages. Yeah. And the yeah. the Sistine Chapel is. I was just pissed off at the Sistine Chapel because your man kept roaring your, no phones, your, no your videos, trip. and I was just like, fuck off. <laughs> but I was. Yeah, I just I just took them anyway. Yeah, you just anyway. you just take them anyway. Um, you know, like, it's pretty cool to be fair. Yeah. Even the lead up to the Sistine Chapel is actually very cool. All the other buildings around there. 
at the art is pretty key. Um, but the yeah, food, nice, like, yeah. whatever about the culture, the food is decent. I actually, I food is culture. Man, you don't have anyway, any culture. Like, so I, don't I, I'm not culture, even a lasagna like... guy, but fuck, man. We had this lasagna in this little restaurant that is just like your granny's kitchen, and it was just the tastiest little thing I've ever had in my whole life. It was good shit. Like, um, but yeah, that's Rome. Would recommend. Yeah, I, I actually really like Rome. Um, I've been a few times. Um, there's a few nice yeah, little, they're the best ones. We'll call them like family type restaurants um, that you can get like, you know, and you can kind of get some really nice meals. It's the same in Greece. Like I've been to Greece a few times and, you know, you, you're kind of wandering around these streets and these kind of ancient ruins, half Keep streets type, type things. And then you... Uh, <laughs> so I'm just talking to myself here, but fuck, I don't really care. Um, yeah, you're just kind of walking around these kind of ruin type things, these old kind of cities, and you stumble across this nice little you know, restaurant. And uh, there is, you know, oh, he's back. Uh, yeah, but you stumble across this kind of restaurant, and it's just this, you know, it's kind of like a family vibe, and it's like, oh, cool, we'll get in here, and it's usually because they actually put love into their food. It's like, yeah, I'm actually cooking this with love, and I actually want you to enjoy it because you know this is my family business rather than just like oh this is you know nando's it's like no like this is this is like you know we're actually invested in this this company this business it's like this is our family business you know so that you'll find those rather than going to the big restaurants and stuff in like rome or greece or any of these any kind of ancient we'll call them european cities and stuff it's like now nah, you want to go to the, the the small little back restaurants it's like get get the actual food that you know italians or greeks eat although would recommend rome over greece <laughs> because man that roman empire was yeah, way i don't better. know what you were saying while i was going to get in my charger but sounded decent and i would agree on the the front of choosing all of those smaller restaurants pretty key and i actually also said this on instagram earlier in the week where you know if you're gonna go to someone like someone wrote to me about about going to rome and they were like oh um have they got you know healthy things like on the menu that are gonna fit my calories and stuff like that and i'm like you know what if you're going away for a couple of days to a city like rome or any city that has like you know true food culture where people actually care about their food and stuff like that and you're not going to be having it for the rest of the year like enjoy some of it like is it really all that important that you hit your calories every single day of the year? Or if you go away for a couple of days and you go over by a few hundred, but you have you know valuable experiences with your girlfriend or significant other or family and enjoy food that you mightn't enjoy for another couple of years, like I think that is more valuable. Um, I think it's important to remember that within the context of your diet and your health and fitness goals and, and that, that stuff. Like monitoring your nutrition and stuff, it's all with the goal of enhancing your life and your health and like social health the health of your relationships that's all part of health um, so don't forget that side of things and don't be you know the person that reluctantly has to eat a dry salad in a restaurant like if you genuinely want to that's cool if you have a competition that's cool but do the things you actually enjoy Yeah, that was man, it. I was shut actually the fuck binging. up just justifying you know, your binge like, eating behavior. I finished my pizza and I was like, man, bring out another basket of bread, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is the thing as well. Like, especially, like, unless you, like, are selling your body as, 
well, maybe you're selling your body, but <laughs> unless you are like your physique is how you make your money, like you don't need to be so meticulous with your diet that you just can't enjoy yourself on your holiday. Like personally for me, like I actually like to at least hit my protein goals because I feel like, you know, whatever, maybe I am a bit more anal retentive and I'm like, oh man, like I need to be, you know, on track. But like having a protein goal kind of keeps me on track otherwise or sorry otherwise i would start eating like a child i'd be like oh well like i have no structure i have no reason to eat this i don't really know what like i like i obviously still have that kind of eating behaviors in me like from when i was a child like you know so i know for me like i do have to still have kind of a protein goal and like if you are you're like oh well i want to stay relatively on track like say you have a goal eight twelve weeks after you come back from holidays and you're like oh like i know i still want to be on track with that goal so i don't want to you know binge and pig out on this holiday even if it is good food and you know whatever i'm increasing my fucking relationship with my partner or whatever um even if you are doing all that kind of stuff it's like you still want to stay on track there are ways to go around it you can still be and track your calories in the morning your your kind of breakfast and your lunch and stuff because it's generally going to be that dinner time that's going to be the the meal that you're going to have the most variability and like most culture gary stuff looking at your phone is really distracting like um what the fuck i'm not watching anything so you just put your phone over there you're just watching instagram stories you're a scumbag um that's laura that's laura in her pajamas you just kicked out of it you're a scum like is that pornography That is adorable. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, like having that kind of breakfast and lunch time, you know, tracking that, that's cool. You can definitely do that with your approach um, and keep yourself on more on track with that and then have a bit more of a kind of free meal type thing with the dinner. Um, but even still, like if you feel like you have to be on track the whole time, like that's cool. You do you. Like we're not telling you that you have to, but realize that if you are just looking to be generally healthy and fit and, you know, live a relatively good life, it's like, you don't need to be tracking the whole time. You don't need to be a hundred percent anal retentive with your diet, <clears throat> like not, never going on nights out, never going on holidays, never eating out. It's like, that doesn't sound like living to me. Like your, your, your health and fitness or sorry, your, Training and nutrition is supposed to complement your life, not be your life. You know, unless you like, oh, if you're making money off it and it's like you are selling your physique and you have to look a certain way, it's like, cool. Unfortunately, that, that's the fucking breaks. That's the career you chose. It's like, that's just like the, the CEO that has to work, you know, 120 hours a week. Like, you know, it's like, cool. That's your fucking shit one. Like, that's what you're getting paid to do. So it's like, yeah, if you are a fitness professional and you are selling your physique, it's like that's you have to look a certain way therefore you have to eat a certain way and yeah that means you're gonna have to sacrifice and not eat and enjoy the culture and foods in these other places but otherwise man if you're just gen pop man fucking enjoy yourself just don't treat it like you know a binge eating experience like don't be going like oh yeah i'll have the the pizza and then you know 30 scoops of ice cream and then i'll go down the street and they sell gelato over here so yeah get on that you know it's like not like that's not what we're saying it's like have a, a normal human yes, meal but enjoy it have you anything else to say 
No, Gary, you're the one that's leading this. Well, yeah, you you, is it, is it true? You're scum. Word is on the street that at Paddy underscore Farrell underscore and at Skinny Gaz, one word, are starting a dieting phase. Is this true? Well, you want me to. You actually you said, oh, I'm fat. You said, I'm Patrick, you're fat. And I was like, "Whoa, do you talk to your clients like that?" And you're, and then you were like, "Yeah, I talk to my, I, I talk to my clients like that all the time." And I was like, "Need to reconsider this, you know." Um, <clears throat> um, but yeah, you said we have to start dieting. Uh, it's the stupidest reason ever. It's completely conducive to yeah. your goals because you're going away on holidays during the summer. I have no plans to go. I have no plans to go away on holidays um, during the summer. It might happen, but well, I have no plans, right? So you have a lot of plans to go away on holidays, right? So you, being the scumbag that you are, decided, Patrick, let's I get actually, shredded I, I actually for said, summer. I actually and I was said like, that man, that's like not literally. What I said. Sh- let me tell the story. Shut the fuck up. Why? Let me tell the story. You're you scum. can you can tell your own side of the story when Judge Judy lets you. Um, Anyway, so I was like, yeah, cool. Like that's, that suits you down to a T because you're getting shredded. But this is completely counter to my goals. Like my goals are literally strength, fitness, and health. Like they're literally the only goals. I couldn't care less what my physique looked like. I genuinely could not give less of a shit. Right? <laughs> and you're like, I want to be shredded for the beach. And then, you're, and, then you, and, then, and then you came up with some bullshit excuse. You were like, oh, we need to get, you know, some pictures, professional pictures for the website. So we'll do like a photo shoot or something. And I was like, man, like that, that could, like that sounds like the worst thing ever. Like I used to do a lot of modeling. <laughs> the, the people used to hire me, <laughs> uh, and like it's literally, it's literally the most boring experience ever. It's like, all right, I'm just gonna say, oh Jesus Christ, you, uh, <laughs> and uh, and it's so boring. You're like, oh yeah, we're gonna just you know subject ourselves to a calorie deficit so you can look great on the beach, and I can just be like, all right, cool. I moved further Sorry, away from let my me goals. tell you what actually happened. Um, just to I said, you. firstly, I had planned on dieting for my holidays anyway, because yes, I want to be fucking shredded as fuck with veins on my glutes when I'm on holidays, because why not? But anyway, I said to Patty, do you know what? We should do a photo shoot for business because yes, guys, we do run a business and we do need to have some sort of marketing tools and physiques play a nice role in that. And I said, we should do a photo shoot. I did not mention that we should get shredded for summer. And Patty said, no, uh, basically he just said no. And I was like, cool, I'll do it. You don't have to. We can just get coaching photos. Then Patty comes back a couple of days later. Oh, actually, yeah, I want to get fucking shredded too, bruh, because... (laughs) I'm fat as fuck and I'm never going to be strong and I just want to have a lot of sexy photos and have as many followers on Instagram as you guys. That is what actually happened. This, this, this is very strange because I've actually still haven't agreed to it. So, I don't uh, care if you do it or not, to be honest. Look, it may not actually fine. happen. Like It's irrelevant. I'm going to get shredded. Oh, sorry, I forgot. I literally uh, asked you. I needed your like, permission oh, to do these things. Like... Fucking hell. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the whole point is that, yeah, we're dieting. Or, or I'm, I'm dieting. I'm going to be starting a, di- a dieting phase. So I'm going to be gradually transitioning into that. Well, I'm, I'm going away on Monday. So like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not starting now. Like... You literally said that. 
You literally said this on the phone while I was in Cork. Man, do you just make up stuff you're like this? You're actually mate. What are you talking about? Oh, man. What I are you talking about? Yeah, all my phone calls. Just you know what? I'm going to post like all our conversations on, on Instagram and people are going to be like, oh, Paddy's a fake. Can't do it. Like, <laughs> everyone will just call you a racist and a bigot. I'm a bigot, <laughs> but I'm not racist. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, fair. Um, but anyway... Why are like dieting? Do are we do we oh, have yeah. to do it? Are we okay, settling on this? Are we telling people that we're doing this now? All right, cool. Then how are you setting up your diet? Seeing as you're here for the next whatever <laughs> forty million weeks. Nah, I'm probably gonna diet for like twelve weeks. Starting off at like three thousand calories. See how things go. I'm only probably like I only probably want to drop like maybe five kilos. So it's nothing too crazy. 12 weeks, 5 kilos should be too easy, if I may say so myself. Be grand. So, um, what weight are you going to What weight are you going to end up? I go with my Limerick scales. It's 2 kilos lighter, so I'm going to say start at 81, finish at like 76. Oh yeah, I also go by my Limerick scales. It tells me I'm a 120. And, no, my uh, Limerick scales make me lighter. I'm going to go down to like Actually, 110. My yeah. Clarny scales make me heavier. He's going back. That's what I, I was saying. That's what I was saying. My bad. The Limerick scales makes me lighter too. Like, <laughs> but yeah, no. So seventy-six that, kilos. What did you say? You're going to get down to what? I wasn't even listening because can't fucking. Eighty-one. All right, so seventy-six, and you're what now? So you're looking at that kind of just yeah, shy pretty, of a pretty conservative should be per week fairly easy because I'm going to have placement for like the last four five or so weeks of that. So by virtue of that alone, my knees is going to go way up. So it's going to just going to be like a nice smooth diet. Shouldn't be too difficult, too easy if I may say so. So yeah, anyway, I to actually give you guys you may some, not. some context. Pro protein, probably around two hundred and twenty grams. Um for for the majority of the diet. It'll kind of stay around there. Fats will probably stay around eighty grams, um, or seventy grams, maybe as low as sixty, sixty-five. Um, but then I'll just manipulate carbohydrates after that. I shouldn't have to go much lower um, than three thousand calories. Um definitely probably not lower than 2,800 just because I kind of know my body at this point and I should be able to get relatively lean without being too aggressive. Cardiovascular wise, I'm already doing a couple of cardio sessions um, throughout the week just because I am trying to get the cardiovascular benefits anyway. Um, and they'll kind of stay as there for the next four weeks at least. And then I'll probably increase my step count. Won't push it further than 15,000. Um, so once I'm kind of doing some cardio and 15,000 steps, like that should be more than enough energy expenditure along my training. So I'm not a big fan of like doing crazy amounts of cardio, like the cardio that I do, I like to get benefits from. I think if you're doing like hours and hours and hours throughout the week, along with your weight training, like you're really just kind of old for doing it. <clears throat> too easy yeah but you just yeah, do a lot actually, of running and it builds your calves Delta, that's, great, like. <clears throat> that's laura by the way people um starting running next week in the mornings because she's going to be on placement like so 
you know, someday she won't be able to get to the gym and I'm going to have cardio to do anyway. So we're going to go do a little run in the morning. We're going to be one of those, one of those couples. I'm going to buy some short shorts and a, a luminous vest. <laughs> that is actually, she's actually definitely fitting me though. Like she's definitely going to outrun me. I'm just going to be there with my absolutely awkward mechanics with my legs flaring all over the place while she just has this perfect, like straight line mechanics, like fucking, choo, choo, choo. it's just too easy. Like, Literally, just great, like, graceful gazelle like fucking running. Like, my ankles like, right, sure, look, it is what it is. Yeah, would um, yeah. I still ain't run the two years. Me and Patty are running a marathon in 2019, also, just by the way. Yeah, no, too easy. I also actually do compete in a sport, but look, that's beside the point. Um, um yeah so yeah what do we have anything else to say because i feel like this is just dragging on and like to be honest i actually am sick of Um, the side of your face like i thought i thought we could get this out to two hours but like man like i don't i don't think so and you just fucked up with one week look everyone we're sorry gaz fucked up i'm actually taking responsibility because i should have forced him to do it but look i don't know what you're talking about to do the podcast last week. Exactly. Everything just gets blamed stupid. on Gaz when in fact, if you saw our conversations, I'm the fucking savage of this, this fucking business. Like literally, Skinny Gaz runs the show. What did I just say? <laughs> I just said I just took responsibility. <laughs> I literally yeah, just said I, I took responsibility for saying you're getting blamed. You you What's your fault? Right so you do deserve blame. But anyway. Take responsibility for anything. You're not even on that level. It was my problem. I because it was your problem, was it? <laughs> Don't you take responsibility for my problems. All right. I was going to say something. I was going to say something. <laughs> All right. Anyway, any party words. I was fucking saying it then. I didn't stop you. You say it. Yeah, you did. I did. Did I say compete? You said I compete in the sport. What did you say? No, I didn't. <laughs> You're scum, like. What the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just moment. been doing some uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like, that's all. You literally, yes, literally you. told me the last time we spoke about BJJ, you were like, ah, oh, no, I kind of stopped it for a while just because I, you know, I don't know if I could keep it up with time in college and stuff. Like, you didn't say you restarted it. This relationship is fucking, on the rocks. I'm in college now, like. Fucking uni edge. Well, like, like. Yeah. <laughs> like uni bro, is it? Uni bro. <laughs> right. Do you have any fucking parting words to say, um, you absolute piece of shit? Come on. The parting words are that I'm, I'm actually want to try that fucking hippie IFYM ice cream that everyone's posting about that's in Tesco, the Halo Top stuff. Looks decent, man. It actually looks disgusting, to be honest. No, it doesn't like it. Doesn't look. It doesn't look nice. I've like, seen people like eating it out of the thing. What's it called Halo? Is that it? is what the fuck it is? I think you got. I think. Yeah. I think you yeah, got I don't me. Know if they can top up or no? We'll see. It's all right. Like anyway, no fifth fam talk. Sounds like being GDP. Look, look how fat your face is at the moment, also. I actually can't wait for you to die just because I miss you actually having. 
I've actually I've actually just been doing a lot of neck, neck training, so neck. my neck just looks thicker. That's all. Also, I figured out why I thought I had thyroid cancer the other day. <laughs> it was actually just my trachea was bruised from a combination of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and front squatting. It's definitely the majority front squatting because we front or I front squatted, sorry, the day before we went to dinner. And then it was the day after that I thought I had fucking thyroid cancer because my fucking thyroid was yeah, like was. huge. You saw it was fucking big, like. Um, um and I was like, well, this is me fucked, RIP. Um, but then it went down the next day and then it went back up the day after front squatting. So it's definitely front squats or man. Fuck, I'm On that note, we fuck, hope man. the Paddy is around next week for next episode of the show. And I guess that's goodbye. Well, yes, absolutely. are you committing to doing the show next week? Okay, cool. I just need to, you know, People are real loyal and they, you know, they want to tune in. Like usually this goes up on a Monday. It'll probably go up a bit quicker this week because I'm not going to be here on a Monday. And so it'll probably be up tomorrow. Um, So, but you are committing to it because people like to have it to listen to. Literally too easy. It's always too easy. (laughs) Except when it's too hard. I've yet to encounter one situation where it wasn't too easy. Uh, that's so literally it's, it's how easy so easy it was. that you like, just skip it. So easy to assume Paddy's actually going to do this on his own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, right. We love you guys. Goodbye.